0: from the fi studios it is weekend geek update we're ready to podcast ooh yeah okay i'm I'm never gonna do that one again that sounded better in my head I'm not gonna lie to you yeah you got away from me anyway hi there how's it going? Weekend Geek Update here, Smurf, and ready to entertain you, fill you in on what's going on, and things that have caught my eye, my take on some stories, and just you know, just kind of some overall stuff. What's going on? We have our sponsors, the wonderful Susie Q's, who is the purveyor of fine crafted chainmail jewelry that is unlike anything on the planet. Go to SuzyQ's.com com to take a look, peruse, find something. I'm always wearing my bracelet. They've got neck, she's got necklaces, earrings. Just if you're looking for something unique that is going to knock the the person you're giving this to the socks off this is where you go this is this is it search no more you will you will you will have a a happy recipient. Our other sponsor is Mr. Matt Campbell over at Action Line Studios, who uh, actually every month gives away a t-shirt. Uh, if you go and be a Patreon member, every month he picks someone uh, to be a lucky recipient of a Mythica t-shirt based on his comic book series. Go over and check him out at actionlinestudios.com, See about becoming a Patreon member for him and, and help perpetuate and further the quest of comic books and just awesome ass kickery. And for 20 bucks Matt Campbell will come to your house and read you a bedtime story. <laughs> Love you Matt. And uh, what else have we got? This week if you're looking to meet up with uh, 5280 Geek and Smurf if you're here local in Colorado, we will be at the uh, Retro Mania uh, convention in Boulder, uh I guess it's Boulder Longmont It's the Boulder County Fairgrounds We'll be there, we'll have a booth set up I will be there Uh, Brett Leader One will be joining me this weekend From uh, The uh, Colorado Festival of Horror Who I work closely with He also does a a guest spot every once in a while On the podcast In addition to pictures, a couple of articles Just kind of depends on what Brett Leader One is up to He is, you know, of course The number one Star Trek fan In our, our little happy group And No one knows Star Trek quite like Brett Leader 1. Yes, that's right. Brett Leader 1, best Star Trek fan ever. (laughs) Uh, Where did we leave off last week? That is an excellent question. So let's get right at it. The first thing that jumped odd at me, so last week after I got done uh, with the podcast and doing everything, uh, Vox Machina had come back, and it's back on Amazon Prime. Of course, they dropped three episodes and totally in. I I never really thought I would get into it because... All of the characters are complete unknowns to me. I don't listen to Critical Role. Um, I'm inspired by them. I think they have an amazing uh, product. I want to be part of their party. I would love to join um, a weekly D&D campaign. It's been a long time since I've been part of one. So if you're running a campaign and you wouldn't mind, you know, a semi-active member because I do travel a bit. So that's where it gets complicated. Uh, I would love to join. Just, Just let me know. I'll come, I'll entertain, I'll, I'll throw some dice, it'll be great. Uh, but Vox Machina uh, has come back for Season 2, which is no surprise because actually when they were uh, doing this show, they actually filmed Season 1 and 2 all together. It was already completed last year, so I think they were just pacing it out. The best part about it is they give us three episodes, we go immediately into the action, and holy balls, dragons galore, ju- now see... That's that's what dragons are supposed to do. They're supposed to show up and nuke the shit out of everything. Not this stupid Game of Thrones, you know, we get teased with dragons and just kind of like, meh, and then we finally see, like, a dragon fight and it lasts all of, like, three seconds, and then the dragon comes in and just rips one to pieces and the small child, and, oh, that was, ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> but I digress. Spoilers. Vox Machina getting caught up. All of the characters are in, in one piece so far. I'm starting to take bets on what we will uh, see as a finale, who will lose. But I do like the way way it's going, and it does remind me a lot of when we did do campaigns uh, back in the days when I had a comic book store, and every every Saturday we would have the the core group show up. And and we would we would play and we would play well into the next day. I mean, the sun was coming up more times than I can count when we would do our campaigns. And it wasn't just D and D; we did, you know, Robotech, Marvel. um, Just there were so many different uh, games we played. It was it was a good time. So as I'm watching Vox, Vox Machina, I get these little flashbacks, and you know these these. Conversations that I can just totally see us having when we were sitting around the table. The best part is when they go to the guild, uh, the Thieves Guild basically... And there in the, the the guild, in the bar, are a couple of Battle Chaser characters from the comic book. Joe Madd's creation, which had the video game launch, a uh, successful launch, back in 2019. Uh, Joe Mad has also commented that issues 10 and 11 are done for the comic, which we can be looking forward to seeing soon, as well as 12 is in the works. But I don't want to get ahead of ourselves because... Fingers crossed that we actually do finally get to see how the story for Battle Chasers ends, which was one of my favorite comics back in the day, or back in the early aughts. Um, So we'll, we'll... I don't want to jinx it. But the game was great. And there in the bar, in the background, it happens quickly. You get to see Red Monica, first of all, and you can't miss Red Monica... The, the the character was on multiple covers, and it's it's just like, hey, I wait, and yeah, I had to pause it and go back just to make sure I was seeing correctly. And then, of course, as the scene progresses, we come back to not only Red Mar- Monica but Garrison is in there as well. So I was just totally like, yeah, I'm hoping we get to see a few more Battle Chasers uh, show up, and maybe even go back and revisit Red Monica and Garrison interacting with the characters. I. I'm hoping this isn't the closest we come to seeing a Battle Chasers cartoon or a follow-up to the video game. I just I was I just was happy. In fact, I wanted to see them move on with Vox Machina instead of the two characters that did leave the uh the guild with them which just suck. They're lame. Meh. Nah. I'm sure there's more to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. I shouldn't say negative things, but they, you know, meh. Nah. The three episodes that have come out have been very good. They've they've put they've put this sh- this story uh, well along the way. We've seen some significant character development, and uh, I'm I'm in. I really enjoy the show. So hopefully this week we'll get some more. Uh, I know we're not going to get another three episode dump like we did to start it off with. I'm sure now we're on the one episode a week, which is just torturous these days. I really have become quite addicted to just binge watching. It's really weird when we have just weekly episodes. It really throws me. Also, speaking of shows and weekly uh installments, uh we touched I touched briefly with you about a show that that had more heart and magic than any other show back in the day and that was Night Court. <laughs> there 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 was the return to um night court this last week we got two episodes it's it was it was very heartfelt it had a lot of heart it it relied a lot on the previous show we 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 kind of get a hint of what's happened we do know for sure that harry um th- has passed on which in real in real life he he passed away a few years ago um Due to respiratory issues, I don't, I, I, uh, was it respiratory or heart? It was one of those. Uh, not spreading rumors, I just don't remember the article. And uh, it, it was cool. It was great. There are some shortcomings, and to be honest with you, the original Night Court took a few seasons to really get its legs. It wasn't until about season three that Night Court had found its way. And as I'm watching this, I'm thinking to myself, please, God, Chuck Lorre can't be the only one that can write a comedy these days. I mean, I'm looking at the landscape, and the more popular comedy shows right now are Chuck Lorre products. And I'm just like, "Um, okay. So my hope is that Night Court rises up, that it brings the heart which it really did. Melissa Rauch is very convincing as Harry's daughter, in fact almost too convincing. But the 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 real star, the real character that just steals the scenes is John Larroquette as Dan Fielding. We do see a little bit further into his his character, we see the depth, we see the heart which we did see a lot of this back in the day with the regular night court there's a lot of funny there's a lot of of they they did take a lot of cues from the original show and i'm hoping that they continue with this my larger hope is that we do see a return of some of the original char- characters especially uh the weavers Bob and June Weaver. I would love to just see what where they're at now because that was probably some of the best episodes. As Brett Spiner would come in with his wife, and just it, it was it was too good. It was too funny. But also, even like some of the other characters that um, they just kind of glaze over, saying that they have moved on. What would be even better for me is if. We got stars in as people that are appearing in front of the court. I would love to see the Big Bang Theory crew just come through, uh, you know, sporadically as with people with cases and stuff like that, showing before the judge. And just just have some fun with it. Because that's at the heart of it, what Night Court was. It was fun. Always had a good time. Decent message. Did I laugh? Sure. I, I, I laughed a few times. There were a couple of awe moments. And... Now, I've had those moments. I, I let's 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 get with the funny, as they say. No, they they don't say that. That's that's a horrible saying. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> so we'll see what happens. Uh, hopefully, the show makes it. I'm I'm rooting for it. I enjoyed it. It's good to see it back. And then the final show that I'll get caught up on, and then we'll move on to new business, was The Last of Us. Now, I did get a lot of messages from people uh, asking me questions about the show, in addition to also, you know, upset that I never played the game. In fact, you know, there was was one individual who I went back and forth with of just, I I didn't get to it. I gave it to my brother. And they're like, you should get that back. Your brother owes you that game back. Uh, Not really. I gave it to him. It's fair. Fair trade. So I will try and get back to the game. Now, from what I have been able to discern and look at, and even watching, like, after. The the Last of Us follow-up compendium or whatever they want to call it, the follow-through. Um, they have painstakingly taken care of the characters, how they're represented in the show. They have the video game creators and art designers, and everybody is involved in this. And I have to say, I'm absolutely on board with this show. This week's episode with the Clickers was just creepy as hell. Oh my god. Now, as a fan of horror, I'm very anxious and excited to see new new horror things i want i want more and then i'm trying to i mean those first couple of seasons of walking dead are great don't get me wrong And, and you can't really compare them you can and you can't there are some huge differences but there's a lot of similarity i honestly say and maybe it's just because of the liberties of it being on Hobo that, you know, they can, they can elevate it a little bit further. But The Last of Us is really giving more of a creep vibe to me than Walking Dead ever, ever did. There are some great episodes in Walking Dead, don't get me wrong. And I still hold it as a very huge benchmark in horror, the, you know, the longest lasting horror show, all of that. And the character development is, is unmatched. But when you're watching the characters in The Last of Us, granted, I've got no love loss for this kid. I want this kid to to turn into a mushroom. I would be happy with that because she's an obnoxious little brat, and I know that that is just a statement to what the character um, needs to be and should be, and to get that kind of emotional response out of me, okay, maybe there's something to the character now, of course, a lot of the people involved, uh, and from the acting standpoint, have never read the source material, have never been involved in this, and uh, I'm a little bit on you know both sides of that story, and I understand it. You can't consume everything, but to see someone who hasn't seen the source material or hasn't had a benchmark in their mind of what this should look like, and to deliver that kind of performance, I applaud. I absolutely do. Pedro Pascal is, of course, the Mandalorian first and foremost, and that's all I can hear when he talks, and it's really starting to bug me. But at the same time, it's comforting because of just how the man carries himself in this show. And like I said, the clickers are the real deal. Holy hell. That whole There's the whole scene in this this abandoned house of just how quickly it can go south with these these creatures not limited by really anything and it's 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 frightening how they can respond and will 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 screw you up so i'm ready i'm ready for this show you should be watching it as well. If you're not, please give it a shot. Please, please give it a shot. It is on HBO Plus, Hobo, uh, every Sunday night. So uh, get watching because I think you're missing out if you haven't gotten around to it. And um, a new listener that is now part of us uh, was saying that they were they were going to wait for their spouse. But they're like, I'll just fake it and, and just say I, I, I won't tell them. And I'm like, okay, we're men. We're dumb. We get it. Speaking of messages, I had a very interesting message come across uh, last week. If you haven't noticed um, in some of our videos, I have uh, a red M&M mug. I picked this up ages ago when the M&M store first opened in Vegas. Uh, it was opening weekend. I picked it up. It's been part of my my desk going forward since then. It's never, never left my desk. It, wherever... I've been whatever job or position I have held. This mug has always been with me. So recently, and I guess this was Thursday last week, uh, the Spokes candies are getting shelved, um, and someone had brought it to my attention that am, am I going to continue drinking out of my red M M&M and M mug? To answer your question, fuck yeah, I am. So (laughs) if you're coming in late to this story like I was, evidently um, there was a whole bunch of online debate. And of course, at the center of this is Tucker Carlson, um, who also helped light the fuse on this. So here's the story as I found it, Uh, and this is a quote from a a previous article from somebody else. Uh, Say so long to Red, Yellow, and all the other M&M's spokescandies. Mars, uh, the company behind the candy-coated chocolates, said it's shelving its M&M mascots at least for now after receiving backlash over recent design changes. Evidently people got pissed off that the green M&M traded in her go-go boots for tennis shoes. And uh, Mars was under the impression that most of the changes would have gone, you know, un- unnoticed. Uh, which is fine. They also announced that they were going to add another spoked candy, a purple M&M, who was also female. And decided that they were going to uh, announce a limited release of like an all female packages, which I'm totally fine with. But evidently, everyone is all pissed off about this. Tucker Carlson was quoted saying. The green M&M got her boots back, but apparently is now a lesbian. Maybe? And there's also plus-size obese purple M&M, so got to cover that. Of course, he said on the Fox News, because that's what we do. This is ridiculous. Come on. It's a peanut M&M. It's a candy. Why, why, why? Why would you shelve one of the most iconic things? I just, I'm absolutely flabbergasted blown away by this that people are being oversensitive about this it's a chocolate candy they they the one year for halloween the yellow m&m got eaten and was a ghost there was one where red had a bite taken out of him and you know it's it's always been kind of creepy because yes it's that borderline cannibalistic thing but it's a spokes candy i you know no one's getting pissed off at Planner's peanut dude so, in light of all of this, Mia Rudolph has been announced as the new uh, Eminem spokesperson and will actually be appearing in this year's Super Bowl commercial for Eminem. Eh, I, I really, I'm not a Mia Rudolph fan. I really don't care. I think there's better choices out there. Uh, But I, I, I couldn't tell you who. I just, okay, Mia Rudolph, fine. It's fine. I will continue to drink out of my M M&M and M mug, for the record. And uh, I think that uh, this is absolutely ludicrous. <laughs> Again, it's a Spokes candy. It's 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 promoting candy. Everybody loves candy, right? And other weird twist of fate news: Tron Three is back in um, production. I know this has been an ongoing story, and me being a huge Tron fan. I have waited with uh, bated breath and just break, broken dreams, really, let's be honest. Uh, since the project originally got scrapped back in 2015, after what I thought was a successful movie in 2010, let's be honest, I thought Tron Legacy was was great, I, I, I mean... I know I'm kind of in the minority on this, but it still did $400 million. And by, I think, in any other standards, I know it's not Avatar money, but still, that in my mind is a successful film. So, 2015 finally comes, and they scrapped it. They couldn't get it off the ground. They couldn't. Everyone just was dragging their feet, and I think Disney finally just got pissed off and decided to focus on other things. So, Tron 3 is now moving, but I'm not sure how I feel with who they've chosen. Jared Leto, who we know as the Joker, and most recently, Mobius, Morbius. From Spidey, has been championing and cowboying this cause for quite some time, um, and, and in fact, I think I think it goes as far back as 2017 that Jared Leto has been pushing for this to continue. Now, according to all sources, this does continue right after Tron Legacy. So I don't know if we will get a revisit back to the you know the characters from tron legacy or not personally i would like to see garrett headland and olivia wilde return i like the idea of olivia wilde's character being released upon the world as a new kind of albeit strange ai life form that is now real so how this story progresses is anyone's guess. They have a lot of people involved in this and I don't know if we'll get a whole lot more information in the next couple months, probably at least a year, but the film is titled Tron Ares and it actually has a script from Jess uh what 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 Yeah, what Wic- Um so we'll we'll see, but nothing else has been released on this. I have a fear this is going to be like 2015, where everybody is like all on board. Couple years go by, nothing has been done, and it gets shelved again. There isn't new Tron game, or not Tron game, Tron ride in Disney World, the one in Florida. I always get them confused: World or Land? Disneyland? No, Disney World. World's in Florida. They have a Tron ride that's going to be, like, opening up in uh, a month. The Tron light cycles and all of that. And I, I'm going to Disneyland shortly. In fact, I will be departing in, in a couple weeks for uh, finally I get to go to Disney World. And Smuggler's Run and all of the fun Star Wars stuff. Yay! I'm going to go make a droid. I can get a lightsaber. That's easy. But I want me a droid. Going to the Droid Factory. And, of course, I also have to go to the Avengers Compound. Because the last time I was there, it was... With my fellow Ghostbusters And it was the last time The very last day that the Tower of Terror Was in operation uh, The Twilight Zone based ride was It's, it's spectacular And now of course it's uh, Rocket's Rescue Or Breaking Out the Guardians But it's part of the Avengers compound And there's a couple of things that I need to pick up from there That uh, have been brought to my attention By other fans and other listeners So thank you for your input on that uh, I have a plan And I have uh, Many souvenirs to buy. Too many. Hopefully they all all fit in my droid. What else? Oh, I did get a message. Um, And the most... The question basically was what film, while I was on hiatus, stood out the most or that I was the most excited to see. Uh, great question. Thank you. Uh, you'll be getting your No Prize in the Mail uh, next week. The, the actually... This kind of works into what uh, something else. And I think this is a new holiday must, not only for me, but everyone across the planet. Uh, I walked out of there not only feeling good, but laughing and just really very, very, very lifted for the holiday season. And, of course, I'm talking about Violent Night. This film was oh, <laughs> Awesome. David Harbour as Santa Claus, I don't know how I went this long in my life without ever needing this, but oh my God, now that I have it, I'm not letting go. This film was just so out of left field, and I wasn't sure what to expect. I went in thinking, okay, you know, a down-and-dirty, gritty kind of Santa Claus, and you you build the expectations in your mind, and I, let's face it, have not been impressed with... Some of the films that have come out. There's been a few. Glass Onion, which I really enjoyed. Uh, Another one that I'm uh, actually really excited about that I watched, and I'll go into that in just a minute on my take. But this film, totally unexpected, great. I mean, and I try to support... The actors that I find enjoyable to watch. I'm I'm more focused now on the craft and and who's who's giving me um, that I think you know more bang for my buck. That there's the emotion there. I know I'm gonna go still see the popcorn films. I got to do the reviews. You know I've got to help do you know all of the the promoting and all of that and that's fine. But if it's me and I don't have to watch it or it's not part of you know the the wheelhouse. I'm really not going out of my way any longer to just kind of consume all of the films unless it's someone in it that I watch. Of course, no, I still haven't seen Maverick and have no intentions of ever really watching it. Yes, I know everybody is, is pumped and excited and, and Oscar buzz, but we already know where I stand on awards shows. And I, 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 I still don't like Tom Cruise. I really don't. Sorry. So when David Harbour, who I think is an, an amazing human... I have seen him in interviews, I have seen him talk at panels, I have seen this man conduct himself in public, and I'm a fan, the guy is a good guy, and I love how he portrays a character, it's really realistic to me, and I'm not talking just, you know, stranger things and, and all of that, just all of the things and work that I have seen him do has been above board, it's been top shelf, so... That was the big pull, pull, and 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 I was going anyway. Just sped up that it's holidays, Christmas movie. Let's go see it. So sit down, get comfortable. End of the ride. Holy balls! I want a sequel. I want every year for there to be a Violent Night. I think <laughs> this was perfect. I think the relationship that he had with the reindeer is exactly how it should be. There was nothing, like, out of the ordinary that I did not expect in this at all. Even when I went, in fact, after seeing this, and then the Santa Claus on Disney, Tim Allen's new project, landed, I tried to get into it. I tried to watch it, but I kept, like, in my mind, running back to Violent Night, and I can't watch it now. I I want to, but I just, I, I can't. I won't do it. Uh, maybe later, maybe, you know, further into we'll do Christmas in July or something funky like that. But right now, Violent Night is is too much in my mind. So in me answering this question and doing a little bit of research, I come to find out, actually, that the Blu-ray was released on January 24th. So i as soon as I get done recording, I'm going to go get me... Of that that Blu-ray Evidently there's a collector's edition uh, All new bonus content Including deleted and extended scenes Which I'm hoping That there's an extended scene with John Leguizamo If you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about Because that was Awesome, but there's so many good elements And there's actually a really good Feel good moment In this film, yes it's twisted And a little weird, and Beverly D'Angelo Which I thought was a great choice For a Christmas movie to come come and play the mom which I was just I I was waiting for Chevy to show up I'm not lying I really like the butler or just just somebody in the background to kind of give give a little tribute to National Lampoons but no just just Beverly D'Angelo it's 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 perfect it's beautiful and like I said at the end of it you do I, I walked out feeling kind of positive and uplifted and I'm like okay this is it and if you're a David Harbour fan, you, you can't go wrong with this film. So if you didn't see it, I'm sure it won't be much longer before it's available on the streaming services. Or if, like me, you want something tactile and you like physical items and you want one more you know movie for the shelf, this is the way to go. Go pick up your copy, Violent Night. Own it now. I'm, I'm sure it's available for purchase on digital. If you like a digital library, no, no judgments here. Just watch it. Let me know your thoughts because I... I thought this was absolutely brilliant, and another one that I'm getting pulled into, and the more and more I'm finding out about this, I'm I'm in. Of course, huge Mel Brooks fan, and then when they announced that they're finally getting around to History of the World Part Two, the eager and anticipated sequel to History of the World Part One, just a few decades late, um, I'm I'm in. His granddaughter actually is part of the project And this of course is uh, I don't You know I don't even know how they're going to do this It's, It's Mel Brooks And a lot of his films You couldn't make these days You couldn't create a lot of mel brooks's movies so i'm very excited and curious and and leery on how this is going to break down evidently march 6 uh is when we will start our history of the world part two it will be available on hulu and it'll be a four-night event so evidently every night will be a new episode of history of the world part two uh, there re- there has been a small trailer that was out there and if you want to go over to 5280geek.com I will have the trailer in the description for this week's podcast. I'm uh, I don't like I said I don't know what to expect. It looks like a huge smattering of stars and everybody wanted to get in, which is kind of fun to see, you know, everybody doing different things kind of like, you know, uh, when we get like the comedies or free guy, which I I still love the things on permanent repeat on HBO Family right now. So, anytime I see it, I ha- I have to stop and watch it just because it's funnier than hell and it does again gives you, gives you good feels. Absolutely. I don't know if history of the world part 2 is going to give you good feels, but you know, th- the world has changed. Miracle might not be, you know, a, a horse and uh Gregory Fine's is um probably not going to be in it I think it was Gregory I got to remember the this the crew that was in the original one because especially when you're running around smoking a bunch of people out with weed and it, I'm I'm very I'm very anxious to see it it's just I don't know I we will see yeah I know I'm stammering next topic the um, what else Witcher Blood Origin I watched miniseries, easy enough, easy peasy. I think it was only four episodes, so I got it done fairly quickly. And not knowing the books as well as I do, and talking to Private Cheeseburger Double A Ron, um, gave me some insight. But all in all, I mean, it was it was okay. The I I believe I got I did get suckered in on a couple of twists, and I'm like, okay. All in all, I was like, I, it's a definite. Stretch. There's a reach, and how we get there is an interesting story. The origin of The Witchers, I kind of dug, but at the end, there was some. uh, I don't know. I, I. I felt like there was a lot left on the table, and it could have been more, and maybe they could have expanded just a little bit more. What really bothered me is the evil princess was looks a lot like uh, the one of the, the female hosts from Lego Masters. Now, if you've watched Blood Origins, you kind of know who I'm talking about. Because Amy, um, who is the uh, one of the hosts for Lego Masters, best show on Fox ever... Um, it has a very thick accent, and of course, the evil princess, uh, who I can't remember her name, uh, the character's name at all, uh, <laughs> that's how much of an impact it had on me. It just had almost the exact same accent, and very similar features, so it kept throwing me. So I was just waiting for, like, Phil Arnett to come out with the challenge, or, you know, just... A, a red light going off saying one minute left. So it, it was kind of throwing me. Michelle Yao, of course, is Michelle Yao and delivers uh, an exceptional uh, performance. And uh, I, I was I was fine. the uh, The dwarf was spectacular though, and I think that's uh, Francesca Mills, if I'm not mistaken, who I thought her character was exemplary. In fact, I really was wanting to get more. Of her character, she just kind of had basically the small comic relief, which kind of is annoying. The best character to me, and just simply because of who it was, was uh, Dylan Moran, who, of course, Black Books uh, and Shaun of the Dead fame. Uh, absolutely love his work, and just the way he talks, I'm totally just... Anytime I can just listen to him just rip on somebody or just go off on a tangent, I'm there. So... He's a he's an elf and he's he's absolutely hilarious. His bi- he's only got like two maybe three scenes which is disappointing cuz I think that it, they could have used him much much wiser than what they did. Another reviews on this are not stellar and everyone that I have spoken to has been just kind of like on the bubble. If you need distraction or just something in the background it's a decent listen and there there's some fun things that go on in it there's plenty of mindless destruction for sure and um, I, I it's no you know it's really no substitute for The Witcher, let's be honest. I was I was trying to sugarcoat it, but I really can't. It's there's no substitute to it at all. So, uh, if you're curious or you're interested, give it a watch. Otherwise, you're not missing anything to The Witcher series. If you don't see it, we may have references to it in season 3, but I wouldn't I wouldn't count on that. In other news, and this is a bit of a shocker to me, uh, just simply because I've, I, I got caught up, and thanks to Titus, uh, it was the whole reason that I even started watching this show. Cobra Kai, which has been um, a guilty 80s pleasure. I mean, when you think about when the original Karate Kid came out and what the competition was back then with all of these, these monster hits from the 80s. You, you've you got this, this film that kind of, you know, just stayed true and it stayed steady. It really never gave us any kind of completion. And then, of course, Cobra Kai comes along and changes our view, goes along with a couple fan theories. It was absolutely... Wonderful how they tied up so many stories from the movies that we didn't know we had. They poked fun at themselves. They, 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 they built this Miyagi-Do world, the Miyagi-verse as other people were calling it, and, and it was just kind of enjoyable. So now, after five seasons, the creative team has basically said season six will be the end of the series. Yes, that's right. Cobra Kai is calling it an end. And this is a direct quote from the uh, the team. While this may be a bittersweet day for the fandom, uh, the Miyagi-verse, like I said, I didn't make that up. The Miyagi-verse has never been stronger, they wrote. Uh, the fandom is at the best... Uh, on the planet, and we hope to be telling more Karate Kid stories with you down the line. Because we all know Cobra Kai never dies, uh, and and it, and it's kind of sad. This is a fan that everybody kind of. Uh, this is a letter that they released to the fans to let everyone know they're 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 ending it on their terms. They're not going to get cut by Netflix. They're not. They're going out the way they want to go out, which is admirable. I I I applaud that, and I know stranger things is doing the exact same thing they're calling it quits they, they they've got their story they've told the story I'm curious if they will come back to this and what the Miyagi verse has in store for us god it just sounds so weird to say and I'm 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 going to be sad actually to see it go because it is like I said it is fun to watch and just kind of the the back and forth and and there is I know high school drama and emotions in hallways and stairwells and things of that nature that I tend not to get involved with but I I have enjoyed it and I have Titus to thank for it and um We'll see no date as far as when season six will be released. I wouldn't be surprised if we see it kind of towards the mid to late summer, uh, as they, uh, I'm sure, tie up their own loose ends and give us a little bit of closure to uh, what they what they've accomplished so far. Also, in Netflix news, if you missed it, Netflix announced their lineup. Uh, kind of like a teaser footage for the upcoming 2023 season, and one of the ones that caught my eye is Millie Bobby Brown wielding a longsword and riding a dragon. No, this isn't Stranger Things Season 6. This is the new film that she has been working on for Netflix called Damsel. The footage is quick. Uh, there's a scene with her dressed up, looking all pretty and ladylike, and then there's one with her in tight leather, wielding a long sword ruffling rustling off to kill lord knows what. The film is damsel. They haven't really put too much out there as far as the runtime on this. The synopsis basically says it's a medieval times woman named Alodi who don't doubtfully or dotedly agrees to marry a prince, but then it turns out the royal family actually recruited her as a human sacrifice. Oh. Yeah, I know. Going to the going to a deep well on that storyline. <laughs> I think we've seen that lots of times before I'm sure it'll be fine I'm kind of excited I couldn't watch Enola Holmes 2 I tried I really I really tried but it's too long it's boring and there's not enough I don't I don't know what it was I liked the first Enola Holmes I, I think Millie Bobby Brown is a, a spectacular actor I think what she delivers and her presence and just her quirkiness is is spectacular. But damn I could not get through Enola Holmes. I tried for the second one. I tried. I really did. Even just for Henry Cavill. Oh, I couldn't do it. But I'm sure this well, this'll probably move along much, much better. Even though the synopsis and plot are tried and true and, you know, been recycled recycled some more and then recycled the recycled yeah exactly um no date on when this is coming out this is just part of again netflix's release dates and all of that so i'm sure again we will see this probably closer to the end of summer or mid-summer if i were to hazard a guess i know they don't want to have it probably cross over oh scratch that it helps if i read my own notes um it's going to actually be on netflix october 13th so wow that is a much deeper time lapse <laughs> and i thought sorry it helps if i read my own notes uh october 13th mark your calendars don't miss denzel <laughs> And finally, my final take for this week's podcast, Weekend Geek Updates. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us. Uh, but my my final take is probably, and I waited to do this simply because I needed to get through the book. Uh, there was there's a film, and Susie brought this up to me, brought this to my attention, when the, the film was coming out, and I'm talking about Bullet Train. This film is right in so many ways it is masterful it is beautiful it is hilarious and i i've i've watched it a few times i own it on blu-ray it's on netflix and it is out there for for mass consumption i loved the characters and i loved how everything just fit together so nicely brad pitt as the main character is one of the best choices for i couldn't imagine anyone else in in the main role it works so well and i i just think his dorky derpy little dirt, 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 as he navigates through let's face it a, a, a field of landmines there's so many things that go wrong and so many things that happen that it's it's spectacular the book is even more glorious. It... They go so well together because there's a lot of things that get explored in the book that we just don't physically have time for in the film. Sandra Bullock is Brad Pitt's handler and after seeing, you know, the movie, reading the book, doing the comparison, now all I can do is hear Sandra Bullock's voice as the handler. Every character that is in this film is a perfect match and fit for the book tangerine is it, spectacular i love i there's really not a character at the end of this that i didn't love the prince holy crap the yakuza all of the mobsters everybody the the agents there's even some some surprise pop-ups that i didn't expect and ryan reynolds is one of them and god bless that man because it's it's such a good fit and such a good role, and it works seamlessly. My only hope and dream that we do get a sequel to this, and it stays within the main vein, as this. I haven't had a chance to ask Susie, and I could probably just look it up on the internet to find out there's there's a sequel to the book. But Bullet Train, by far, if you're just looking for something fun, adventure, pop, this is absolutely popcorn film worthy. And I, I don't know why we didn't do a meat and potatoes review on this, but uh, I'm feeling bad that we didn't. Because this is a definite win for action fans, cinemaphiles, all of it. It just is... it's fun. I really enjoyed it. In fact, when I was compiling my thoughts and in, in, in everything for this... I found myself comparing it a lot to Glass Onion, which, of course, is another large cast, a lot of different moving parts, and just kind of an interesting way of telling a story. Now, Glass Onion does do a very good job, and I like Daniel Craig as an actor. I think he's spectacular, and everybody involved in this, even Batista, who continues to amaze me with just how skilled of an actor he is and just how much he throws himself into these roles and how convincing he really is as an actor so to compare the two it's not fair it's really not but bullet train in my mind is just at the tippy top of what i i i liked in in the season's movies the the season overall kind of a disappointment there wasn't a whole lot out there that really s- jumped out at me marvel films were I, I I dare not use the term flat, but it's the first one that comes to mind. This was far from flat. This was engaging. It was fun. It was action packed, and you didn't know where everything was coming until the end. Glass Onion does the exact same thing, and is as masterfully done as Bullet Train. I can't really disparage Glass Onion, or you know, especially when I'm comparing it to Bullet Train. But they are very similar films in how they're presented and the twists and the turns I think bullet train just delivers a much better action packed sequence especially when you're dealing with the fight scenes Tangerine is spectacular and at the end of the day uh, nobody wants to be the diesel that's all I'm saying <laughs> if you've seen the film you know what I'm talking about if you haven't please at the end please please send me a message because nobody, nobody wants the diesel no one wants to be a diesel at all. And I hope, I pray, because I want to see the rematch. I want to see how the story goes, especially when you have Brad Pitt and Sandra Bullock at the end talking about what's going on. And the whole problem that this came out of is, is still out there. It's kind of looming. So, again, I need to speak to Susie. I need to see if there is a sequel to Bullet Train because I'm in. Absolutely. Go go watch it on Netflix. It's free on Netflix. Watch it. Let me know what you think because I, I absolutely, dug it. But that's just my take. I I could be wrong. And that about wraps up this week. Uh, appreciate you listening in. I know it's a wild, wild world of podcasts out there. So tell your friends about us. I know we're your dirty little secret, but we like we like to share. We Share well here. No, not really. I'm, I'm greedy and I like all my compliments. <laughs> <laughs> So if you do not come and say hi to us at this weekend's con, hopefully we'll see you on the road. Uh, But uh, until then, we'll be back next week. Uh, Yeah, that's all we got. So run fast, laugh hard, and always be kind. Good night.